Welcome to a special edition of the Mockingcast, the Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice review with a special guest. First time on the podcast, my movie going companion whose secret identity will be revealed in just a moment. Hang on to your seats. And enjoy the ride. Welcome to a special edition of the Mock and Cast podcast. My usual co-hosts are not here. David Zoll and Sarah Condon. They are in Virginia and Texas respectively but i am here with special guest and movie going partner my lovely wife lindy jones hello we just returned minutes ago from seeing batman v superman the dawn of justice and we are here to give you the mockingbird podcast first look and review of this film so, Lindy, first reactions. What, you, what are your first thoughts? Now, let's, I mean, but we, we will just acknowledge, right, that this was panned by the critics and reviewers. Yeah, it was. My first reaction was that my straw had a hole in it, which I was very upset by. Um, oh, is that what the problem was? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but other than that, the movie was fabulous. I really enjoyed it. So, I don't know. I guess I guess we disagree with the critics yet again. Fancy that. I and yeah, I really enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was so. I mean, you're going for a superhero adaptation that's at least to some degree action oriented. You're not going to see Tokyo Story or a Woody Allen film or Doctor Shivago. I mean, this is you know you. But so for a, a superhero adaptation on that level, you just have to say like okay this is a comic book film so <clears throat> i think what you're getting around to is the thing we the element we didn't like was like some of the emotional stuff with the like lois lane superman felt a little wooden yeah i mean there yeah there's not a compelling romantic element between those two and when you like stop mid action and like the music changes and it's all tender and you fly Lois Lane to the ground after saving her life. I love you. And then you go back to like fighting the bad guy. It just felt a little strange that they like felt they need to throw that stuff in. Yeah, but that's these are so these are Hollywood conventions. And yeah, I think that there's some of that. There's a few cheesy lines, not a ton, but there are some. But all in all, I I just want to say like, what did you spend twenty two dollars to see it? We spent twenty cents because we had a twenty five dollar gift card. Oh, we had a gift card, but it would have been twenty five bucks. Well worth the price of admission. I feel like I was not disappointed in the least. No, yeah, and like a nice movie like that with all the action scenes and the flying around. It's nice to see it on a bigger screen. And Ben Affleck is a great Batman. Oh, he was a fabulous Batman. I thought I I don't know. Everyone was kind of ah, Ben Affleck. I, he was a great Batman. I liked him better than Christian Bale, which is probably a very minority opinion, but I don't really like Christian Bale, so. I loved Christian Bale and I was ready to I was worried that I wasn't going to like this, but it's also a darker Batman. I mean, 
here's a Batman that actually brands some of his the criminals he catches that are really in seedy crimes like child trafficking and sex trafficking, so that they'll get they, the bat the band, brand of the bat means you'll get roughed up in prison. And he's this is a Batman that's sort of at the in the autumn of his superhero. Yeah, he had a little gray in his hair, but. Yeah, he's been fighting criminals for twenty years, and in at one point he and Alfred he acknowledges to Alfred, "We've always we're just criminals too." I mean, he realizes he's a vigilante, which is a form of a criminal. Uh, so, I mean, it's a darker. He had very realistic expectations of himself. Yeah, he knew himself. Yeah, and what's interesting is that they kind of sell it like Superman is really. The rebel here that you know that that, that needs reining in, and and Batman is kind of the sort of good public citizen. But quickly you figure out now, actually, Superman is still sort of the Boy Scout uh, ish character. I mean, maybe a little grittier, but not are we much. Spoiler alerts? Are these spoiler alerts? These are not spoiler okay. alerts yet. There will be. We will get to a spoiler alert. Just, I just wanted to make sure we weren't. We absolutely will not ruin it. But I, I feel like Batman actually. Even though there's this sense in which Superman could pose a threat to humanity, and that's the backdrop kind of of the whole of the whole idea of the film that it kind of starts right after the Man of Steel movie. It, it picks up that when Superman has fought, has just fought General Zod and all the Kryptonians who came to Earth, and you know you see actually in the beginning Bruce Wayne running around like. As if Metropolis was nine eleven, and so this this kind of superhero battle royale with aliens in the last film, it's remembered as a nine eleven event, and you're seeing people traumatized through you know burn it, you know it's more buildings blown up than nine eleven, so it's kind of this this shadow it, it casts this massively ambiguous sense of public opinion around Superman. Does he really have our good at, at heart? Well, yeah, and I think Superman. Kind of captures a lot of like when you try to be a good person, you're trying to protect everyone. If you look at, I mean, you could get really political at that or you could not, but like there's always collateral damage. Like, I mean, Superman's trying to save the world, but he's slamming another alien into a building and that building blows up because they're slamming into it because he's trying to save the world. Like there's so much collateral damage going on by him just trying to like save the day. Yeah, there's that one line that Lex Luthor says to the senator that the greatest lie in American history is that uh, power can be innocent. Yeah. Yeah. And you see that kind of at multiple levels that, that, you know, it's kind of the Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility, but also with great power comes dirty hands. Yeah. And I think Superman's like, he's kind of doesn't realize all the time that he's got collateral damage going on. And I think that's why he's so offensive to some of his critics in the movie because he doesn't realize that him, you know, like saving Lois Lane might have like messed up something else. Like it's kind of like the the butterfly effect. Like he changes one thing and causes flooding further downstream. Like I think he and his dad have a conversation about that. Like yeah, he has this imaginary recollection of his dad, Kevin Costner, who is I loved. He was my favorite character in The Man of Steel, and he makes a great appearance in this one. He tells this story about saving his parents farm in or his grandparents farm in kansas by they dig out trenches to redirect water and his grandma baked him a cake and as he's eating this cake 
he didn't realize the farm up the up the road the water went there and killed all right. their horses and ruined their farm so he kind of it's interesting because he says super Ray asked him did you ever get over it and he says yeah when i met your mother and so there's this kind of theme that sort of love saves the day or, or at least love and, and, and intimacy and that's what we were talking about before that What's interesting, right, is Batman and Superman both have strong attachments to their parents. Yeah. And they and they seem to have pretty good formative parents, but of course Bruce Wayne loses his. And the way they did that was really interesting. That one scene quickly in the they they do his backstory almost instantaneously because I guess they figure everyone's pretty familiar with it. But yeah. There's a sense of like both of them dealt with loss of their parents. Although Superman lost his Although Superman's got abandonment too, because he's his real father, his biological father, he loses through the destruction of Krypton, and then he loses his adoptive father, who is a formative figure. And so I think you have two guys with lots of testosterone working out their issues with their parents. And working out. And working out. There's a cool a great training scene where Bruce Wayne is training and like it's it's like Rocky Four on steroids when Sly Sloan is like training in the cabin while Ivan Drago is in the high technical Russian gym. It was awesome. I'm just really glad we worked out before we went so we didn't feel disgusting sitting there eating buttered popcorn. Yeah, we, we would have felt that. terrible. We, we would have felt really bad about ourselves. So, could we say, like, could we, okay, we're nine minutes in. We're, this is going to be, a, a, this is not going to be a super long edition, but should we say at this point, at minute nine, this is your spoiler alert. So, minute nine, right here. If you don't want to know anything about the content, warning, 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 spoiler alert. And then maybe, uh, well, yeah, actually, I'll say a couple things before we do spoiler, just for a minute. That I think one of the things that's interesting is that it that one of the reasons that I think so much a lot of the film is about theodicy and the problem of evil and people like how suffering and how you, you kind of have to try to bend a, a broken world uh, to your will. At least some of the characters think that at least at some of their struggling moments. And I think that one, of, and, and there's actually Lex Luthor, the character who's, which great Jesse Eisenberg, the guy who plays Mark Zuckerberg and this Lex Luthor is kind of an evil, evil version of Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. Which is great, right? Evil Mark Zuckerberg. Although some would say the real Mark Zuckerberg might be a little evil as well. He even had kind of a kind of hair that looked like Zuckerberger-ish. So I'm sorry. Is that one of those roles where like he'll always be Mark Zuckerberg, yeah, no matter what else he's in? Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna be like he's gonna be a horse hor in, in the horse whisper. He's a he's an entrepreneur that bonds with horses, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, a buddy film. He he friends another social media buddy, guy yeah. like Steve. Yeah. So I think though that one of the things that's interesting is a lot of disbelief about God, which they talk about in the film. Like there's a you know Mark Zuckerberg talks or Mark, Lex Luthor. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, wow. yeah, Mark, yeah, Lex Luthor. Um, talks extensively about his abusive childhood and skepticism about God and, and seeing his plot to overthrow Superman as like the death of God. But I think a lot of skepticism. And Bruce Wayne too. Like he kind of has a whole uh, death of God. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Too. Yeah. That, um, that this guy could wipe out the whole world if he wanted to. I think a lot of people's disbelief in God comes from, 
making God in their own image. And most people have control issues and anxiety issues and can be vindictive and make arbitrary decisions. So then we kind of think, well, there can't be a God. Or or we say we would do a better job or something. But I, I think a lot of times that our projection of the divine image is like us on steroids. And so it's funny because all these people skepticism about Superman, it's almost like, well, if we had those powers, that's what we'd probably do. <laughs> so it's kind of imputes onto him their own fears of their own demons. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. So, all right. Now, spoiler alert, it's been moved to minute 12. So, <laughs> in five. We warned four, you, but we lied. <laughs> three, two, one, spoiler alert. So, one of the things I think they were trying to do here is take two great DC comic traditions. You have the Return of the Dark Knight, which is sort of Batman at the sunset of his career, going back into action, an older, broken Batman who actually has a does battle with Superman. And then the other big thing in comics from a couple decades ago was the death of Superman sort of uh, storyline, which Superman is killed by Doomsday, which is this alien, you know, executioner like super weapon. And actually they kind of merge these storylines. So you get to see the combat between Batman and Superman and you get to see, spoiler, the death of Superman, which is, Really interesting because it's released on Good Friday, and here you have the messianic figure that's misunderstood by those who he's trying to save and for whose welfare he exists, being judged harshly and then dying vicariously to unburied. save the city. Yeah, unburied, with a little yeah. cliffhanger where you're like, "Is he coming back?" Like yeah, the, the the ground over the grave is a little tremulous, and then credits. I mean, he's coming back. I mean, well, he came back in the comic books. He's gonna... He got nuked and he comes back. Yeah. So it's just vitamin D, by the way. There's a scene where he gets nuked and he looks like he's kind of dying. And then he gets the sun, which didn't you read that study the other day that we just need more vitamin D? Well, we do need more vitamin D. We're very deficient. So it help, It works for Superman. So, yeah. But I thought that was interesting because you have this – everybody's afraid of his – Godlike powers, and yet he winds up sort of uh, doing something he knows will wind up in his own death to save his world. Right. I just, I like Superman, but he's just too good. I agree with Batman. Sometimes he, I just don't trust it. He's a little naive at times. And and there's, yeah. there's, there's nothing more satisfying than seeing Batman. Well, and here's the thing with Superman. His weakness is exploited by Lex Luthor. And that's that he's very attached to, like, his mom and Lois Lane. And he's capable of doing bad things if he thinks something will happen. To, like, once he knows his mom's in danger, he's going to go kill Batman. Like, he's exploitable. He is exploitable. And I, I think that, like... When it, well, and by the way, there's nothing more satisfying than seeing Batman outsmart and beat up Superman. I mean, of course, it was pretty cool. It's how anyone would have to do it. It's kryptonite. And I wanted it to happen, and then when it did, I felt terribly guilty. Yes, but it was great. And Ben Affleck, and you know, I mean, there's this one line where he's like, "You're not brave. You're you're only men are brave." Yeah, uh, I mean, are you really brave if you're indestructible? Probably. Yeah, I mean, that's and it's interesting. At one point, Batman makes these really cool kryptonite grenades, and they like blow up and he says, see what you're smelling right now. That 
that's fear. Yeah, it's kind of you kind of sound like the scarecrow when he. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. And Jeremy Irons is a great Alfred. I mean, he's a great Alfred, and we haven't even mentioned Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is spectacular. It was great. I, un, underdeveloped in the film, I might add. Yeah, well, that's because her film is the next one coming out. Oh, they're doing well. Suicide Squad, then Wonder Woman, then the next Justice League film. Yeah. So she's she got cool little theme music going. She on. She had awesome theme music. There's a and you know here's what we didn't say we forgot to mention that actually I feel like the first two thirds of this film feel, f- feels much more like an espionage film yeah more than a superhero James Bond. oh yeah Bruce, I mean Bruce Wayne is James Bond it's a lot of intelligence work it's hacks it's it's you know it's this cat and mouse between the two spies Wonder Woman and Bruce Wayne and trying to figure out her identity and it's great I mean that part that, that's some of the best part. Yeah, of the whole and film. trying to hack into Lex Luthor's server. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's some amazing plot twists in that mm-hmm. regard. Absolutely. But it's interesting, too, that like there is something to Batman's assertion that you don't know courage until you're vulnerable. And like to the degree, the only degree to which you can sympathize with Superman is in both emotional and physical weakness. Right, because if there's right. not a possibility for thank God for Krypton or or whatever Kryptonite, like otherwise we'd never get to see Superman weak. Yeah, I mean that's it's, it's an, amazing how that always keeps turning up. Like whenever we need to weaken Superman, a little more Kryptonite shows up somewhere. Exactly. Oh, the Indian Ocean. We just found some. Well, because what Kryptonian wouldn't keep some on their ship just in case? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Have a little bit of dirt from the mother world. <laughs> just in case. But that's I think that that's like uh, where Frank Lake says that you have to that basically if if you want to like if if the purpose of your life is to contain good things if if you think that you've got a bucket that you need to fill then whenever life really hits you know when things really hit the fan and life gets real you look at the cupboard and you know the cupboard is bare and you feel like awful about yourself but if you see that really we're not meant to be Buckets contain of self-contained goodness, but life, but channels for the energy of 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 the life of God. That when the bucket gets the bottom gets knocked out of humanity, it ruins it as a container, but it makes it a great channel. And so, in some ways, one of the reasons I think people don't find Superman generally empathetic is because he does look like a big bucket that contains power and goodness. But when the bottom gets knocked out, really, and his real weakness isn't necessarily kryptonite; it's his. Love for his mother, which is when Batman sees that he can't actually hurt Superman anymore. And his idealism and his love for his mother, because Batman and yeah, Batman and, and Superman have like he becomes more human to Batman because yeah. he has a mother. He loves his mother. And that's what he's worried about as he's about to die is not himself, but like someone's going to hurt my mom. Yeah. And they're, and they're kind of because they're both of their moms are named Martha. And the Batman figures that out. It, I never noticed that before. In the yeah, and they show they showed it in the yeah on the on the on the um. Well, I know, but I just never yeah noticed. I mean, that's a not a common name. Like Martha Washington, Martha Kent, Martha Wayne. Well, <laughs> I would say that this is well worth seeing, and if you're seeing it, see it in the big seats. Oh yeah, we went to the theater with the big seats, with the recliner. Yeah, so definitely this... They had broken straws, but it was a great theater. We give this... Uh, I give it uh, three rocks of kryptonite, or I don't know, three ba- three batarangs. <laughs> Two thumbs up! <laughs> three batarangs. 
<laughs> not a good score. Not a good score. <laughs> yeah. Out of like four. I don't know. I give it, I give it, I give it, I give it, you know. Three out of four is good. Yeah. Because they could have, you know, some of the, the, like, I don't know, emotional, meaningful stuff could have been a little bit better. But, you know, can't have everything. Well, thank you for listening to our little review and stay tuned for the next episode of the Mockingcast, which will come out next Friday. <laughs>